in the high desert in the great American Southwest. I'm Art Bell. Slamming into your radio like a supercharged nanoparticle of unobtainium. My name is George Van. I'm Richard Serrett. This is Connie Willis. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast Day. It's great to be here. Welcome to Coast to Coast PM, the number one unofficial Coast to Coast AM podcast. We are two brothers who analyze the world's largest overnight paranormal radio show known as Coast to Coast AM. My name is Paul, and I'm the one that listens to this inexplicable radio show here with my brother. Hey, it's Chris, and Paul, I'm sure I am happy to be here today with our Coastronauts. I am too, Chris. We are going to be getting into a pretty interesting phenomena known as walk-in souls. Walk-in souls? Mm -hmm. I don't even know what that means. Is this like a walk-in closet? No, very different. It's basically where another soul comes into your body and like kicks out your existing soul, and then you are now a brand new person, essentially. It's okay. So it's all well, it's not even really a parasite then. It's just like a it's more like a hermit crab. It's it's very similar to a hermit crab, and much like a hermit crab shell. This is not a negative thing. This is actually planned out by the souls where you're kind of switching each other out. So it's not like a possession. It is literally just an exchange of souls within a body if the souls have certain things they need to get done. We're going to get real weird philosophical with it, aren't we? This is going to get so weird. We're going to learn a lot today, Chris, including okay. that uh, there is a race of Christ aliens. So just get excited for that. I I may actually believe this, so we'll <laughs> see. Well, before we get to that, Chris, we got to check in with our good friend Tim Banal at the Coast to Coast AM blog. Tim Tim! Today's article, Indian Man Busted for Strange Scheme to Magically Revive Demonetized Money. So, Paul, we have a pretty exciting potentiality for uh, the Coastronauts here because I will be going to India in about 10 days. Oh, maybe you could find this guy. I'm thinking not just that, but we need to get a list together of all the places and all the different types of ghosts we've heard about the Indian subcontinent. And maybe I can make like a little journey through India of all the paranormal stories we've heard. I mean, that would be great. We can start putting that together for you. Yeah. Or I can make some of my own paranormal stories like I did in Santa Fe. But that's just... for... That's only for our subscribers. That's true. The subscribers will be hearing about Chris's ghostly experience soon. You've just been on the road, Chris. If anybody's wondering why we've been delayed with some episodes, Chris is just uh just flying around the, the world right now. Dude, I was in Santa Fe for a week. I was in New York City going to India. Yeah, my ass has just been in Virginia. I haven't moved. <laughs> I've, I've been in this seat since the last time we talked i was in atlanta before that uh, i i'm getting tired i, am I can't keep tired. up with you i cannot I keep up tired. with you yeah well chris from the article police in india arrested a man who concocted a rather strange scheme to transform a large sum of demonetized money into viable cash by way of a witch doctor a rooster and a gin how does one have demonetized money well, we're going to get to it, Chris. And for those who don't know, a djinn is a genie. Oh, oh, the D-J-I-N-N. -N. Yes. I was thinking of a cotton gin, Paul. No, not that. Not that. Two different he things. He put it through a gin. He put it through the old cotton gin and, well, 
just kind of shredded it all up and got the seeds out. Or a bottle of gin. If he got drunk enough, then the money was real. There you go. That's <laughs> hey, it's we have a couple of good possibilities here, Paul. We do. According to a local media report, the bizarre case actually began all the way back in 2016 when sanitation worker Sultan Korosia stumbled upon a bag containing a whopping 53 bundles of banknotes that had recently been taken out of circulation and thus were no longer of any value. Ah, I see now. So they probably had, because I think in the U.S. we put marks on them, like immovable marks Mm -hmm. on all the bills. Yeah. Hollywood has to do weird things with their bills, too, that... You so you definitely designate that it's like fake Hollywood money. Mm-hmm. So they must do something like that with it. Yeah, they have to. Unable to part with the worthless bills, he subsequently stashed the cash in his former home for the next seven years until earlier this month when a friend told him about a sorcerer who could revive the money. My dude's been holding on to these bills for seven years. That's a really long time to hold on to worthless bills. I don't have many things in my life that I've held on to for seven years, let alone a bag of worthless money. Yeah. I mean, he must be a hoarder or something. Cause I'm like, why would you keep that? Why would you ever? He's like, one day this is going to be <laughs> worth something. And then his buddy's like, Hey, you know, all that fake cash you have, I know a sorcerer. I, I know a wizard who can fix that for you. I know a wizard who can make that money real, which begs the question. Why would you even need the fake bills? That's what I was thinking. If he can just make money out of thin air, like I don't understand why the bills would be necessary at all if he has this kind of power. Well, maybe Tim tells us. Well, let's find out. Sensing the opportunity to make a small fortune from the banknotes that he had found so long ago, Grosia contacted the witch doctor who told him that he could pull off the tricky maneuver by way of a ritual wherein the mystic somehow acquires the, quote, magical powers of a djinn. I have a feeling that there's not many things witch doctors say they can't do. If it's a crooked witch doctor, I feel like if you're a legit witch doctor, you're like, listen, I can put a curse on your ex-wife. I can't make the money real. Okay. All right. So what? Why not? Why wouldn't he be able to make it real? Because I don't know. I just feel like obviously if a witch doctor is smart, he knows that this is not going to work. You don't believe in magic hard enough, Paul. I don't. That's what you're showing us. That's I what don't you're showing all. us. Your work has to be more esoteric. Money is too tangible. It's too material. You gotta find yourself a good priest. <laughs> gotta find yourself a good witch doctor, Chris. That's right. <laughs> Having struck a deal, the sanitation worker was instructed to meet the sorcerer in a forest with the cash, as well as a rooster, which is apparently the key ingredient in the mysterious spell. Unfortunately for Kurosia, the plan quickly fell apart when authorities somehow got word of his misadventure and stopped his car while en route to the meeting. Upon being questioned by the police, the sanitation worker explained his fantastic financial plan and was then promptly arrested for what one presumes was the unlawful possession of thousands of discontinued banknotes. Oh, that's, that was... That was a fun little ride, those last few sentences. Yeah. I didn't know where we were going. That's a bummer, though. Because at first I was like, you can't arrest a guy for, you know, going to a witch doctor and trying to make money. But I guess you can if he shouldn't have those banknotes. How does he get a hold of them then? 
Because he's a trash worker. Oh, and so he picked it up out of the trash. Yeah. Yeah, he he picked it up out of the trash. It was a bunch of trash banknotes. Okay, okay. Probably bank on the routes, and they were getting rid of money. I'm sure banks do it all the time. Now, I think they burn it or something like that in America. But yeah, in India, they're just like, throw it out with the rest of the trash. Like, who needs the Ganges River? Yeah, how often do you think sanitation workers are picking stuff up out of the trash and taking all it home? All the time. All the time. Constantly. All the time. It's one all of the best the... perks of the job. It's gotta be, dude. Now it's got a little gunk on it, but you can clean that off. Dude, if you had one of them rich neighborhoods, people just throw out oh, perfectly good furniture. Perfectly good stuff. Perfectly good stuff, dude. I remember post-college, like every summer, we would like go around and like pick up like a new 50 inch screen tv yeah have like a little crack in the corner we're like who cares meanwhile when police went looking for the witch doctor in the forest as so often happens when sorcerers run afoul of the law he was nowhere to be found the sorcerer the sorcerer you telling me a man disappears and he couldn't make those banknotes real i bet he just like essentially did like a transfiguration charm and made like got he got the real notes and left the worthless notes with the trash man it's like oceans 11 you know he he actually made out with all the money he was secretly the rooster turned into a man took the notes out the back of the truck and walked away slowly while the music plays oh man dude starring uh george clooney George, there you go, Brad Pitt <laughs> in India as Indians. I mean, it fits. I mean, <laughs> the last samurai was Keanu Reeves, so I no, don't know. No, <laughs> no, not Keanu. Not Keanu. That was Tom Cruise. Oh, that was Paul. Tom Cruise. Which Put one was some Keanu? respect on the man's name. Didn't Keanu do one of those? Uh, I think you may be thinking of Last of the Mohicans with Daniel Day-Lewis, or you're thinking of Hardball. Uh, where he was the coach teaching the inner city kids how to <laughs> really be human or something. I'm getting I my white like... savior movies confused. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and for those keeping score at home, the rooster wound up faring far better than the man who brought it to be sacrificed. As it was seized by the authorities moments before, it would have been the centerpiece of the sorcerer's gin conjuring ritual. Thank God, man. What were we going to do with a dead rooster? Uh, we would have been sad, Chris. I mean, we all know there's power in the blood, though. We do know We've there's power in the blood. Many Christians and voodooers calling in to coast. I would think that you would need something a little bit more powerful to scrub a bunch of money. I think that's the least powerful thing you need, right? If it's just like a mark on it, you just it's, need to yeah, get the ink removed. Right. Yeah, you just got to get It's like a laundry removed. spell. Oh, <laughs> a laundry spell. We're going to, uh, I got some mustard on my shirt. Can you hit me with a quick laundry spell? Just, just kill that, that uh, chicken real fast. Clean me off. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. Just, it's going to stain. I don't have any club soda. Just hit me with a quick laundry spell. Well, Chris, I think it's time for a little housekeeping. You can support the show at patreon.com slash coast to coast pm you can sign up for as little as two dollars a month keep us running keep us on the air maybe convince chris to stay home a bit more 
so we can get more recording in. You can find us on Reddit, Coast to Coast PM. You can email us, c2cpmpod at gmail.com. And that's pretty much it. The best way to help us out, patreon.com slash coast to coast PM. And in, in short of that, dropping us five stars on Spotify, on Apple. We got rating bombed on Spotify by a bunch of flat earthers who listened to our flat earth episode. So help us out on Spotify specifically. Paul, are you still going to out coasters for reviews? Yeah, actually, we do have a couple coasters left. So if you want to drop a review and email that to c2cpmpod at gmail.com, we got a couple left that we can send out. So get those in to the episode. Sunday, October 22nd, 2023, George Knapp, who we haven't heard from in a while, interviews Sheila Seppi. Sheila Seppi? Sheila. And Sheila is a lady who went through a soul exchange, Chris. She had her soul knocked out. Her soul was replaced. And she is living a whole new life as a completely different soul now. Paul, do you have memories of the old soul or are you completely washed of the memories? Not entirely washed, but pretty washed, Chris. Mostly washed. So Mostly washed. She has some memories of being this former woman. Yeah, it seems like there's like a shadow of a memory of being the former woman. It's mostly gone. She actually left her husband after this happened. Paul, I have a feeling this could be a very dangerous conversation we're about to get into. <laughs> what do you mean? We'll see. Let's go. All right. Let's find out what a soul exchange is first, Chris. There's a famous quote from St. Augustine. It goes like this. Miracles do not happen in contradiction to nature, but only in contradiction to that which is known to us of nature. What we're going to talk about now sort of fits in that category, a phenomenon known as walk-ins, something, as I said at the top of tonight's program, that I'd never heard of before until I made a visit to Vail, Colorado a couple of months ago and got into a conversation with some really interesting people, including our next guest tonight. Uh, basically, the phenomenon of walk-ins is a soul exchange. You know, one day you have this soul, the one you presumably were built, born with, the next day, you're someone else entirely. Uh, you're not home anymore. Is this real? And if so, why does it happen? Man, kicking off the show with some St. Augustine is <laughs> pretty heady material, even for coast to coast. A strong start for the lady who says her soul was kicked out of her body. Yeah, and divorced <laughs> her husband immediately after it happened. What a great, what a great excuse. Oh, I got a new soul. I. I'm wondering when she went to court, because you have to give a reason for why you're divorcing if she stated that she had a new soul, because that would be awesome. That would be incredible. What? I don't even know what the legal ramifications of that would be. I guess it would go with insanity. And they'd be like, you don't want to be married to this woman anyways, dude. I, I think that you would get committed. I don't know right. if you can stand in front of a court and say that. I mean, but, probably, I mean, she probably goes with like irreconcilable differences yeah, or something, something like that. I mean, yeah, I, I I doubt the lawyer says, yeah, let's go with the soul thing. Let's go with the soul exchange. That'll really convince the judge. <laughs> let's do. Let's try the soul thing out for a little bit. See how that works. Do you have to pay alimony to the woman who says that she's no longer your wife because her soul got changed out? Because that's I mean, not that, technically your wife. Uh, right. There, well, see, and there you go. <laughs> I can't I you know what this has to be an incredible divorce exchange and I don't know the laws in Colorado but a lot of times 
family proceedings once they are done are public view. Yeah. Maybe we can find it. <laughs> Maybe we can find it because, dude, I guarantee you the dude brought it up. Well, actually, so this happened in Virginia where I am. So maybe I can find it. You may um, be able to find it. I'll, let me let me make some calls. Uh, but we get because it would be it would be in the state records. It would be in their in their circuit court records. You can look it up. I'm gonna find it. I'm you gonna just, find this. And all you'll do is search her name. Yeah. And all you'll right. you'll probably find it. I'll probably I'll probably do it. I'm gonna look at it. So let's get into Sheila's story, Chris. How did she get her soul swapped out? Your life was kind of a mess. Can you set the stage for us here, set the table, so to speak, what was going on with you when it happened? Absolutely. So this event happened in October or September of 1999. And I was a very, very sick person. And over the course of 20 years, I had been diagnosed with brain tumors, uh, bone cancer, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. Um, I walked with a cane. I had erythema nodosum, sarcoidosis, and they told me that I had the beginning stages of MS. I also had uh, rheumatoid arthritis, so it made it really difficult for me to open and close my hands and honestly celebrate was my best friend. And so needless to say, I was in a lot of pain mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I went to bed that way, and what felt like about 7 o'clock in the morning, I was just in bed asleep, it felt as if someone reached down, grabbed me by the hair of my head, pulled me bolt right up in bed, and lightning ran through my body. Now, that's the only thing that I can compare this with was lightning, and then I was in white space, but when I was in that white space, I was out of pain. I didn't have any concerns. I felt this unconditional love. And if it had been up to me, I would have stayed there. But So we got a person whose body is essentially failing them. Yes. And something happens in 1999 that immediately stops her body from failing, essentially. Essentially, mm -hmm. I'm guessing that's where the story's going, is that yes. she doesn't have any more of these issues. She gets cured of all of her diseases after this. So this this sounds like a fairy tale, right? Like, there, there's no way any of this is true. I mean, here's the thing about MS, is that you can't cure MS. Right. So either it was a misdiagnosis. Right. Or not true. Right. To my yeah. knowledge, I don't believe MS can be cured. I've looked it up. I mean, it makes for a great story. Yeah. Makes for a great story. She had a lot of stuff wrong with her, man. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's just like one too many things, and then all of a sudden you're healed. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, you got a new soul. Okay. And that just heals you. And I, I, what what is the mechanism for that? Fresh soul. I guess we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm guessing. We'll get it. Well, yeah, so don't get me. Don't get me too excited yet. I need to hear more from this woman. But all right, I'm already, dude. I don't like starting out skeptical immediately, but like already, she should have eased you into it more. Oh uh, yeah, dude. She started. Yeah, like you should have given me the lore first. Yeah, and then maybe hit me with the how do you get into this. See, and this is a classic mistake. You have to make my brain a bit more squishy before you drop this heavy of stuff. My yeah. brain's not squishy. We just start. 
Yeah, yeah, dude. That's why comedians have openers. Exactly. They don't want to go out to a cold crowd. Yeah. When they're the headliner. Yeah. They want them laughing or like, well, hopefully it gets better than this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's hear a bit more from her because not only did she get the soul swapped, she also started remembering her past lives. Oh God. What happened was, as I sat there, my peripheral vision started coming in and then my frontal vision. And as I started looking around the room, of course, everything looked the same, but everything felt different. So I could look at a photograph on the wall, and it was almost like one of those Harry Potter scenes where all the um, information about the photo just came flooding to me. Or I could look at a piece of clothing, and it wasn't like I would just remember it. It was like there was a story attached, and I was hearing it play over in my mind. And then I started um, having all this past life information come to me, which, as I said earlier, I did not even believe in. So as I got up and began moving around the room and I caught my image in the mirror, I was dumbfounded. I just stood there and stared at myself. It was like Honestly, it was like I'd just seen myself for the first time, and I was looking out of somebody else's eyes, so I was checking out my hair and my teeth and, you know, looking at my skin and obviously feeling very, very strange. She's got a whole story to go with it, doesn't she? Uh, And it's complex, too. It gets more complex from here. It's even more complex than this. I mean, let's keep on going. All right. So she's... So wait, (laughs) is she looking at... Is she in the white space still looking at the mirror or is she back in her body in the real plane looking at her body in the mirror? She's back in her body in the real plane. She's come back from the white space and then she gets up and she's like, what's all this stuff around me? Oh, that's a photograph. Oh, that's a mirror. Oh, that's me. What? And now it's like the realization is like, yeah, what body am I in? It's like in Face Off when John Travolta wakes up and then he looks like, uh, what's his name? Um, Nick Cage, baby. Nick Cage, thank you. Thank you. Come on. Great reference. That's the one of the best (laughs) references you've given yet, dude. You're like, you do the same three references. It's like Constantine and the Matrix. And the leftovers. And the leftovers. Those are the best three things. (laughs) Face Off, baby. That was perfect. Uh, I'll try to fit, fit in uh, Con Air at some point. <laughs> I'll just go only say, Nick Cage. Go <laughs> pure Nick Cage from here on up. You know, this reminds me a lot about adaptation. <laughs> it's a classic. So I told you she left her family, Chris. So let's jump into that because she did just bail on her husband after this. Now, my background was psychology. So between the illnesses, the dysfunctional marriage, having a stressful job, having three young children... Honestly, I thought I was having a psychotic break, but fortunately, I wasn't. And so as the weeks went on, the months went on, it became very clear to me that I was unable to stay in that marriage. So within the first three months, as you mentioned, I did leave the marriage. And within the next three months, I accepted a job in another uh, state. And as I was moving there, um, I had gone to visit and was flipping through the phone book. We didn't have Google at the time. So I'm flipping through this telephone directory trying to look for services for my children to find out where's the parks, what kind of activities are there, et cetera. 
and she goes on a very long-winded story, but she finds someone who claims to be a spiritual advisor in the phone book. So she calls her up and starts going to her. Dude, this woman is definitely suffering a psychotic break. <laughs> Maybe. Like, pure psychosis is what this woman's going through. And she's, like, trying to justify it. And it's like, no, you went through some hard stuff. Yes, I'm sure it was if she was actually sick with something, right? And it wasn't just like Munchausen syndrome or something like that. Then, yeah, it probably was really stressful on the marriage. But and then it's like, well, and then I woke up and I didn't know who I was. And then I divorced my husband and I moved to a different state. And, well, I did look where the park was for my kids when they would come and visit occasionally. It's like, no, you're not a good person. Stop it. (laughs) You're being aggressively shitty here. Yeah. Like, this is like Harlot the Witch level terrible so far. I'm not happy about this lady. I may be in a bad mood. I've been traveling a lot. I'm not here for it right now, dude. Did you do this on purpose? (laughs) No, I thought it was kind of funny. That's why. Was this a purposeful to me? I don't think so. I know Chris (laughs) would hate this woman. Maybe in the back of my head, I was like, this will really trigger Chris. Yeah, and you're like, our our listeners need something, and they love it when he gets really frustrated. Actually, there might be something to unpack there. Maybe the reason why I liked her so much was because I knew how much it would frustrate you. Yeah, that must be it. Because or, And then she's like, and then I remembered my past lives, and I'm like, I hate you so much. Oh, it's going to get worse. We're oh. at level two, Chris. Oh, We're at level two. We're, We're not even at level 10. Okay, I was going to say, what are we doing, the nine levels of hell? Yeah. So okay. next, she, she finds a spiritual advisor and starts talking to her, and this is the woman that convinces her that she's had a soul swap. Oh, can I also mention that this woman has a PhD from University of California, Berkeley? So I'm really questioning the psych program at Berkeley. I'm just going to say that. I could have told you that, dude. It, <laughs> it, it's been nonsense since the 60s and the CIA took it over. Weed and tear gas, dude. That's the entire campus. So as I was meeting with her, um, honestly, I expected to go in and get the little you know, a little blue pill that I could take and all of this stuff would just go away. Because remember, I was very Western medicine oriented. And so at that time, I was still working through all the cellular memory and programming that I had. And so after I met with her um, a time or two, she is the one that said, you know, I really don't believe you're having a psychotic break. I can find no evidence of that. I'm like, what do you mean? What's happening? And she goes, honestly, have you ever heard the term walk-in? Well, I hear I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you walk in, you get a haircut, you walk in, you get whatever. And I'm like, you mean like you walk into a store? She goes, no, no. Have you ever heard of a soul exchange? Well, when she said that, honestly, the first few seconds, I just, it was like my brain went numb. It's got to be terrifying listening to two insane people talk to each other with nobody else in the room. You know what I mean? They're just like bouncing insanity off of each other being like, yeah, yeah, you got a new soul. You got a completely new soul. This isn't psychosis. You didn't just leave your family. You got a new soul. So it's not even your family. And the woman's like, yeah, it isn't my family. Screw them. 
it is a really great way of convincing yourself that it is okay to abandon your family because they weren't yours it's funny because it really is incredibly forward thinking you would you would hear this kind of psychiatry on college campuses today this woman was getting this in 1999 very impressive there that is forward thinking it is indeed chris but you know here's the important question though if there's a new soul what happened to the old soul I, that was my first question, but I didn't want to get into it because I figured you had the answer. Of course I'm going to get to it. She had to just find her shrink first, who also is part Hopi and is teaching her to be a shaman. So there's also that. <laughs> this is all so fake. I can't <laughs> stand it, dude. I, who, who, I, who is the interviewer here? This is George Knapp, dude. This is Knapp? This is Knapp. Man, this is it's really not impressive work by Nap. Dude, I I thought it was Nap, and then I was yeah. like, no, this can't be Nap. It's Nap. I'm reconsidering everything I thought about Nap with this interview. Well, and he's the one that found her, apparently. Yeah. He went to yeah. Colorado and ran into her, and then was like, oh, let's talk on the show. This is garbage. I mean, he must just not. He's just like, I can't talk about aliens anymore. <laughs> Well, what can I talk about? Oh, we are going to get, get to aliens. Oh, okay. So, no, not I that hard. I remember why I picked this. Oh, my God. I remember why I picked this. We'll get there. Okay. It was to piss you off. I forgot. Oh, okay. I figured. I, within the first two clips, I knew it was. I cut this I cut this a while ago, so I forgot what why I did this. But there's a reason. We'll get there. Okay. What happened to the other soul, Chris? Let's yes. What that. happens to the other soul, Paul? <laughs> I have to know. I'm having such a good time. What happened to previous <laughs> Sheila? Where did where did previous Sheila go? Okay. Well, I appreciate your asking that because for the longest time, I felt like I was a body snatcher. And after learning how to connect with my guides, I was able to ask them, what did happen? I know the body was sick. Did I just kind of like kick that soul out? Where in the world did she go? And that's when they began to explain to me about pre-birth plans. And they said that as a soul, each one of us determines when we're going to be born, the types of activities we're going to participate in, if you will, it's kind of like a business plan with our goals and our objectives. And um, But anyway, they were telling me that this soul had set up this scenario as the exit point for them and the entry point for me. Man, I would have really have loved to talk to her first soul that was like, you know, it would be really great if I had MS and a whole bunch of cancer did that for the first 20 something years of my life and then start a completely new life after the one I created totally on my own away from all of my responsibility. Wow. This is the greatest version of victim blaming where it's like, yeah, the reason you have cancer is because you chose that yeah. <laughs> when you were a soul um, before you were born. Yeah. Also, if this is true, I feel like I really dropped the ball. Why didn't I decide to be rich? Yeah, yeah dude. I, I'm, I'm ticked at my pre my life business plan. Jeff Bezos, you idiot do or, that I mean, one not even like i don't even need to be super rich like bezos dude or maybe just like good at podcasting that would have been a yeah, good there one. Would, that would have been a nice one <laughs> successful podcasters there we go would have nailed it we could professional have like a, podcaster the the come town guys made 100k a month 
Yeah. I'm fine with that. That's fine. I'll take considerably less than 100K a month. <laughs> considerably. Because that's what you're getting right now. <laughs> considerably less. less. Than that. Well, so we, we've been relatively normy up until now, Chris, but it's time to get <laughs> a... <laughs> So, <laughs> is Nap trolling? Is I don't he know. Like, is he think? Is he seeing himself more as like a Howard Stern or a Montel or a Jerry Springer, where it's just like I just got to get a ridiculous person on here who is insane and get them to spout their insanity to all these other insane people listening to this. Well, I think that's sort of the coast effect where. Back in the Art Bell days, it was very different. But nowadays, it's it's very much a don't question the narrative right. type thing. You right. just let the people talk. Yeah. So I think the only person that pushes back against it more is honestly Punnett. He yeah. usually doesn't put up with the nonsense quite as much. But when it comes to people like Jason the Horse, he just lets Jason the Horse come on and talk about being a horse, which right. I love personally with Jason the Horse. Yeah, but, but I think there, I think Ian is probably a lot like us where. You do get credit. You do get credit for being authentic. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. if Jason the horse is authentic, this woman is not authentic at all. Like, yeah, like I, 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 yeah. this woman has disgusted me so far. Well, Chris, we haven't even gotten to the good part yet, so let's get a little metaphysical with it. So one of the things that I have learned is, first off. We all have been around for millions and millions and sometimes billions of years because when that source energy uh, desired to know itself and this individuation uh, began, there was what I call this big master oversoul where all of the souls have come from. And as we have continued on our journey, we take multiple forms lifetime after lifetime, whether it's on this planet, other planets, other dimensions, other densities, whether, you know, we're a multidimensional being having all these different life experiences all at one time. All right, if you make a fist and you stick all your little fingers out straight in the air, this fist represents your primary oversoul. All these little fingers dangling represent multidimensional lifetimes. But above this fist, there's another fist which contains multiple oversouls. I was part of that multiple oversoul collective. So there was a resonance factor with the body, even though I was not a future aspect, I wasn't a past life aspect, I really had never lived or experienced the life that that soul had lived. But because of that resonance factor, I was able to enter into a sixth form without frying the biology, which was huge. There had been a framework that had been established within the spiritual bodies, which of course reside outside the physical body, that allowed me to drip by drip begin to enter into the body. And the more of these drips that began to solidify, the more I began to be the me that I am. So she's a Scientologist. Sort of. It is a little different than Scientology in the thesis. It's a little though. bit. It's a little bit different than Scientology, but it is Scientology. I mean, you, they're, they're not calling it aliens. 
Well, so they are aliens, though, too. Oh, they, they are aliens. There are a bunch of aliens, but she's not... Yeah, it's like... The difference is with Scientologists, it's like Thetans that have attached themselves to you, and then she's saying she's part of an oversoul that kicks a soul out. So, versus the human soul being attached by souls, she's but kicking the soul but, out of its body. But you have the oversoul with the dangling Yes, soul. which, yeah, which she describes as aspects, I guess, of her soul. Right. Um. So it's it rhymes. It yeah. definitely rhymes. It's like yeah. It's 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 somehow more dumb Scientology. Yeah, that's fair. That's they've definitely made fair. it stupider. And honestly, it kind of annoys me too. Where she's like, when the like the source, you know, wanted to know itself, and then it created the Oversoul. Then I'm an Oversoul, but there's the bigger Oversoul. I'm like, what you're talking about is just like a dumb version of God. Right. Just use those words. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we have to use oversoul? Uh, well, because uh, right, because it, then it would be silly. <laughs> does, when you're does... talking about and again, and it's like what she's literally describing is like over time I became the new person that I was, and it's like no, over time you forgot about your family, <laughs> and you forgot about your old life slowly yeah. over time, and you like because you're psychotic and you're a sociopath and a narcissist, then you get where you are today, that you don't remember any of your old life. Yeah, I mean, it's a great way of getting rid of your old life, is just saying, I don't remember it. And then maybe eventually that becomes true, honestly. Well, because, again, she's like doing this whole new crazy thing, (laughs) and she probably does get to go... Talk on Coast to Coast AM and probably has done podcasts and probably has a book that is just as dumb as the rest of the stuff that I've heard so far. She does have a book. She does have a she book. She does have yeah. a book. Right. I figured she did. <laughs> she get, she keeps going though. You want to hear more metaphysics? Oh God. I don't know if I want to, but sure, let's keep going. Now these little aspects of me uh, throughout my various incarnations had been like angelic, Arcturian, Andromedan, Syrian, Lyran, Mantis, part of the Christ consciousness or the Christos energy, as all of us have. But I started remembering that. So that that was a little bit different. But my collective literally basically took me by the hand in those first few days and even to this day they still provide me information. So when I was in this collective form, I literally remember being in the Andromedan system when there was this cry or this um, tugging from Gaia, the Gaia consciousness. Now, let me explain about the Gaia consciousness because she is what would be termed a high seventh density being oh okay so what is gaia calling out about i i do want to clarify one thing she literally hears these voices right yeah no i i assume that she did paul because again like i said i now i now have the lens that this woman is just a pure narcissist yeah right and it's it's really making this thing really come together for me yeah now because again is she you know, I I was a part of this collective, and we're in the Andromeda, and these are things that you could never fathom of doing. But I was chosen, and you weren't. That's that's an interesting thing to mention, Chris, because she was called by Gaia to save the world. 
Okay, here we go. Let's go, baby. So to understand why she needs to save the world, we have to understand more about the giant crystal that's in space above Earth that's shooting energy into Earth. There's a giant crystal? Where? Now, what I have come to remember in Earth time, this would have been somewhere around the 80s, and we received a call to come back to assist the planet with this awakening consciousness because the Earth itself in its original form would be what we call the organic Earth. Now, all the planets, as my collective has shared with me, all the planets in the solar system have been set up as 5D planets or fifth density planets. Now, this is something that was hijacked later on. And there was Earth, and then there was a crystalline structure that is an etheric nature above the Earth and outside the ionosphere, but it holds that 5D consciousness energy. It beams the 5D consciousness energy into the planet where it then connects with the crystalline structures of the Earth, mainly the ley lines, which are of crystalline nature. So between... All I got to say, Paul, if 5D energy is anything like 5G energy, I don't want anything to do with it. Don't like it one bit. You ain't activating the nanobots in my bloodstream from my COVID shot, Paul. And I, I think don't that's think... what this woman is trying to do. I don't think this lady could combine more stuff if she tried, because she also yeah. mentioned how she was formerly an Arcturian, how she was a Perfect. mantis being. Yeah, I was going to say, she's just she's just going through the, like, the, the checklist. Yeah, she, she's naming all the stuff. She's naming all the alien races, and there's crystalline energy shooting into ley lines. We need a spiritual yeah. awakening on right. Earth that she is a part of. Yes, and she Gaia. was awakened by yes. Mother Gaia yes. for the spiritual awakening. I'm like, man, you were just, it's like a all of it. giant Where's Atlantis? Umbrella. Where's Atlantis? She does mention Atlanteans at some point. I don't know if I quote <laughs> it, but they were in. <laughs> they were mentioned. They were definitely mentioned. Yes, of course they were, dude. This one, yeah. She's just, again, we we talk about this. The folks who don't specify, who aren't subject matter purists, are my least favorite people. Yeah, and it's one of those things where when you drop your disbelief to such a low level, you kind of have to just accept everything. It's all got to come in. It's you all got to come in. Yeah, there's no barriers it, anymore. Whether it contradicts or not. Right. I mean, we all live with contradictions every mm -hmm. single day. Right. But when you start down this world, the 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 contradictions are everywhere. Like, OK, so there's a giant diamond that absolutely nobody can see. in the ionosphere, like it's not even OK, like we can we can make it to the ionosphere. We have satellites beyond the ionosphere it's just uh, okay well th but she and she also just uses words with right. no actual meaning behind them because she kept talking about the resonance factor that her soul had with the body that she entered and it's like what does that mean what do you mean resonance it. factor yeah like we okay resonating on the same frequencies the atomic substructures yeah it's it's like an episode of Star Trek, honestly, where they're playing. Yeah. They're just having fun with science words, which is great yeah. for Star Trek. And I love Star Trek for that. But it's annoying when this lady does it. 
because well, she because thinks it's real. The writers of Star Trek had a like science based or at least evidence based view of the world. Yeah, and so it made sense to the rest of us. This woman is just in cuckoo land now. Yeah, but she's going to save the world, Chris. That's important. That's I want to hear about that part. But according to the Hopi, we now are in the fourth world. This fourth world has been here for at least 12,000 years. And during that 12,000 years, what was set up was called the false matrix. The false matrix was basically the stesioelectric field that was above the crystalline grid that was being beamed in that was sending information in to the species on the planet that basically let them think that they were separate from source, let them believe in things like fear, sickness, illnesses, anger, you know, all of these what we would term negative emotions and energies were being fed in to the planet. And there was a disruption in the original intention of the crystalline grid. So we were being called from Gaia along with hundreds of thousands of other collectives to come and to help in this restoration process. And we were beaming in, for a lack of better term, um, we were beaming in frequencies and light codes to help people to wake up and to remember who they truly are at a soul level. I don't, dude. I don't know. I mean, I like, I'll say this. I do like the Hopi Indians. Yeah. And they got, they got some good lore and they do take like the temperature on earth, but I don't think the Hopi Indians believe in some fake matrix or whatever nonsense she was just talking about. Yeah. I very much doubt it as well. If we have any Hopi listeners, please let me know. Uh, but my guess is that this comes from her psychiatrist lady Right. who says she's a Hopi Indian right. or a descended from Hopi Indians, which I'm also sort of questioning. I'm wondering yeah. if it's just a crazy person. Almost certainly, dude. Or if it's someone who's like 148th Hopi and is claiming that heritage to back up their nonsense. That's probably the most likely thing. Well, it's like how many times did we hear about somebody being like, well, I got like 116th Cherokee, Elizabeth yeah. Warren. The uh, I don't even think it was one sixteenth, was it? No, dude, it was like one two thousandth like, or something. Yeah. It, even at the twelve thousand, yeah, like it was some ridiculous factor where it's like you got that by accident. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I I doubt that the Hopis believe in mantis beings or the Christos energy. I don't think that fits into their lore. <laughs> the Jesus Christ energy. The Jesus Christ the energy of the that, Hopi the, that the Hopi Indians <laughs> preached to their disciples. I mean, maybe the Mormons were right and Jesus yeah. did come to North America, but well, short of that. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> now you speak in my language. There we go. There we oh, go. We're talking about the Prophet Joseph Smith? Well, let's let's get to some callers, Chris, before we get too deep into Mormonism. Caller number one, you know. How old was Jesus? Because that's a relevant question to what that's we're talking like, about. <laughs> Started off strong, coaster nuts. I feel we're assuming that we live 144 lifetimes. How 
all the uh, soul you think Jesus might have been? Well, you know, that's also an excellent question that I don't have an exact answer for. However, um, you know, many people believe that there were multiple Jesuses, that there was the one that was born to Mary, a different one that um, actually um, took the cross. Um, so, I, I mean, I wasn't there. <laughs> I don't remember that. I do know that I have an affinity for that time. But if you assume the 144, I believe that you're referring to the overall arching monad. And it said that from that monad, there was one basic oversoul and that it divided out 12 times, times 12 times, all the way down to that 12th power, giving 144 lifetimes. It's not 12 to the 12th power, that's 12 times 12. Yeah, that's those are very different numbers. <laughs> those are wildly different numbers. Yeah. I also was not familiar with the fact that there were multiple Jesuses in Jesus's life. I like that she's trying to say that Jesus was a walk-in soul. Yeah, basically, that Jesus was traded out. So you can pretty much say that I'm the same as Jesus. Very mm. similar. She's also she, saving the world. Yeah, dude. And Jesus also left his family and children behind and started a completely new life somewhere else and completely forgot about her whole life and has convinced herself that it's because she has a new soul. Yeah, the very similar to the story of Jesus. That's that's the the book. That's what I read in the book of uh, Mark. Yeah, that was it was pretty close. Well, we got a little more Jesus questions, Chris. Okay. <laughs> you mean Sheila questions? She exactly. Uh, caller has a question about the Christos energy and how that actually works into all this. Wow. So Sheila, I have a comment and a question. Mandel brought patterns consist of a connected set of all points and from what you've said it seems we're a bunch of galactic genetic mongrels sheila how does the christos energy figure into this so-called free will school and thanks again george all righty Hi. So that is a great question also. Now, when I refer to the Christic energy, I want you to understand, according to my knowing, there is um, basically a race called the Christos that carry the Christ consciousness energy. This was one of the, um, like, one of the first species, actually, of any type of being who took a form uh, in creation. So the Christos beings carry that energy. You know, this upsets me a little bit because I do have a general thought in my head that I call the Christ-like figure, which is a little bit of a more aware being than the rest of us mm -hmm. that somehow is able to penetrate the mimetic sphere and give a list of teachings or whatever it is buddha muhammad jesus bob marley these are all christ-like figures i like how you snuck bob marley in there <laughs> so smooth keanu reeves, keanu reeves. <laughs> no dude he is not a christ-like figure he would have stopped at john wick one if he was a true christ-like figure 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, Two, three, yeah. and four excellent no, films. No, no, no. All right, we're no. going to save that for another day, but... I, I mean, here's the thing, though, is that it is different. Were you upset because it's too similar to what you think? That, that she has just a general thought that is close enough to Christ-like yeah. figure that it upsets me. I do think that she does think it's a literal race of aliens, yeah, though, right. like a species of aliens. So <laughs> I think that helps a little bit. <laughs> Man, I'm going to be ticked if she ends up being right, dude. I really, <laughs> really hope she is wrong on every single one of these accounts. Yeah. Well, Chris, that was George Knapp's interview with Sheila Seppi on a scale of one to five alien Jesuses. What do you give Sheila? I forget. I haven't given one in so long. Can I give a zero? <laughs> sure. Zero Christ. <laughs> zero aliens. alien Jesuses. Alien Jesus. None. We don't get any, we're not saving Gaia. We're not going to Andromeda, dude. We don't have walking souls. Zero for Sheila, dude. She left her family. She just left them. And is trying to convince us that she's a good person for having done this. And it's like, I don't know what you went through or anything else, but it just sounds like a really shitty thing to do. And I don't like cursing, but this is shitty thing to do. And but and then to also have this whole made up story to go with it. Like, I don't know, maybe she needs to be in a psychiatric ward and not just talking to a psychologist. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Sheila a one. I'm gonna give this episode a three because <laughs> hearing you react to it brought me so much joy that it got bumped up from what I was going to give it. And why I picked it, Chris was the Gaia energy. And I know how much you hate mother Gaia. And that's why I was like, I have to pull this lady in now. Oh my God, dude. Have I told that story on the podcast? I don't think you have. Oh my God. I'll just give a real quick rendition, but it was during the Occupy Wall Street movement uh, around 2009, 2010, and I was doing some stuff in Fayetteville, Arkansas with it, and they picked these speakers that were just atrocious to come and speak to what was a bunch of, like, factory dudes and motorcycle bros and all of it, like, it was all types of people at the Occupy Fayetteville movement. And this dude gets up, and starts talking about how we're destroying Mother Gaia. And I just saw the looks on all these blue-collar folks' face just ashen, dude. It just slackened. And then they were like, let's get into peace circles and talk about our next moves. And everyone's like, no, just tell us what to do next. And like, they're like we're going to have a totally democratic system. Shut up. I don't want that. I don't want the Mother Gaia... Tell me what to do. Whose butts are we kicking? And rant. And rant. And that was the Mother Gaia story. And ever since then, Chris tells that story whenever he's pissed off about stupid hippies who take over movements. So I had to bring that in. I'm glad that you enjoyed it, Chris. But that will Perfect. be today's episode of Coast to Coast PM. You can support us at patreon.com slash coast to coast PM. It is the exact url that you would think it would be and drop us five stars we got a couple coasters left don't forget about that but that'll be the show today chris we'll be back more next thursday as long as chris does not get arrested in india for supporting the state of pakistan
Paul, I'm going to have to go exercise because my blood pressure is too <laughs> high right now. All conspiracy all the time. Later.